What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with Skip Hill and Andrew Barry. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings. You can also shop at uh, supplementsource.ca if you're one of our Canadian peeps and you'll get deeply discounted blowout prices on uh, top brand name supplements. Plus, you can get ephedrine. If you buy two packs, it's like $2.95 a pack. Uh, I want to move to Canada just simply for that purpose alone. But anyway, uh, guys, we've got a bunch of stuff going on tonight. Um, we are going to start out. We've got a, a mind muscle connection debate that started online. It's been taken to the podcast. Now I'll be interested to hear what these guys have to say. Um, we're also going to discuss who, if you had to get prepped by one coach, who would it be? And your choices are Chris Aceto, Hani Rambod, and uh, Chad Nichols. So we're going to discuss that one. Plus listener questions. And anybody who's watching live, you guys are welcome to chime in. Uh, I see Tino's here. Tino from uh, RTB Gym in my area. You guys would freaking love that place, by the way. Like, it's one of those places you walk in. I don't care where you're from. And you're like, I'm home. Wait a minute. Who is that? Who chimed in? Tino. You said RTB... RTB Jim, raise the bar Jim, but he's not allowed to say raise the bar anymore. Oh shit, that's funny because RTB, I'm like, I got a client who owns Right to Bear Arms in Darby, Montana, and I thought you were talking about. I'm like, oh shit, Dana's not. Oh nope, not the same person, not the same Jim. My bad. Sorry, right on. RTB. So anyway, guys, uh, as I've mentioned before, I'm here with Skip Hill, who has over 20 years of coaching experience. Andrew's got 14 years coaching people. I'm just behind him. So we're here today to basically share. We're going to have some fun. This is going to be kind of entertaining, but we're also here to answer questions and share our education with you guys so that you can be better at the sport that we love. Um, oh, one more thing I want to mention. If you haven't subscribed, we suggest that you do because we've got several podcasts each week. We'd love to have you along for all of them. Like, bell, all of that stuff. All right, guys, where do we start here? We're going to start with that uh, the the online debate. Is that where we're going to go with this? Go with it. All right. So I kind of followed this a little bit. And by followed a little bit, I mean I just looked at it a couple times. So here's the gist. Um, Nana, one of our people from the Facebook group. By the way, you guys are welcome to join the Think Big Facebook group. That's where we post our shows and uh, we record a lot of stuff live there. He says, my muscle connection is difficult uh, to explain to people as it is usually something that makes more sense after years or even decades of training. Uh, simply put, the more it's more than just having a good exercise form and technique. It's about only engaging the target muscles uh, of the exercises to do the lift slash exercise. It's easier to show this using examples. So let's look at the video. He has a, a video here. Um, what does he have to say about that? Tell You guys go ahead and stop me if, if you have enough information. I don't need to read this whole thing. He says, most beginners uh, and still a lot of non-beginners will perform this exercise using a lot of uh, arm and more specifically bicep activation. This is because it's easier to pull the bar down using your arms and it's easier to move more weight by mostly using your arms. The problem with this is that your back or more specifically your lat muscles don't get much if any engagement. This is part of the reason why most people don't have well-developed back 
detail because uh, they mostly use their arms to perform reps rather than initiate the reps with the back. So far, I don't see an argument with any of this. Uh, if you watch me perform the reps, uh, you'll see the back is visibly flexing. Uh, where, what, what's, where's the problem with this? Well, first I want to say that I think that, and this is why I think this is a good topic. Of all the muscle groups, and this is my opinion, of all the muscle groups that we train on a regular basis for physique development, I think back is the most complicated and it's the most, like if you go uh, to gyms across the country, probably the world, you're going to find more people incorrectly or not efficiently training back more than any other muscle group. I bet you're uh, I think right. You could, I mean, that's just kind of, you know, and I understand that's kind of a blanket statement, but because of the multifaceted, multi-angle, the things that you can change, even just subtleties that sometimes you can't see, but you can only feel like they're not obvious when you visually look at them. Like if you're, you're assessing a client as an example, there can be such subtleties that you can't pick up on them visually. So some you can, some you can't, I guess is my point. So I think this is why it's such a good topic because, and, and I want to encourage people and, and I hope that Scott doesn't disagree and bitch me when we get done, but I want to encourage I'll, people to I'll post disagree on the air. I won't okay, wait till we're done. I want to encourage people to, to post these types of posts on, on think big, because I think that it helps not just from an informational standpoint, but the, the discourse, the, and sometimes discord, uh, which is what caught my attention in the comment section, because it gets that dialogue and then debate, I think is, I mean, that's, that's message board shit. You don't see that as much on social media yeah. as, as you used to on message board. So um, the information, I'll be honest with you. And, and this is just me being completely honest, not slamming the guy who posted it. But at first I thought, geez, kind of got big balls to come on <laughs> the page and start giving out information. Like, but then in reading through it, like, yeah, you know, I did what you did, Scott. And I thought, well, you know, this is, this is, I can't argue that that it's incorrect. It's good. And then when I got into the comments and I'm like, oh, shit. And what caught my attention what was in the comments, the comments were just kind of everybody. It wasn't bad. It, it wasn't necessarily negative. But I know I disagreed with a couple people because I thought, you know, you're kind of condescending like they didn't like that he was giving information either. So then uh -huh. it became kind of a not a smartest thing, but kind of like, oh, yeah, you picked this exercise. And that's what I took issue with, because the comment was along the lines I'm paraphrasing was, was kind of along the lines of, well, you picked the worst exercise. And I don't think that lap pulls or, or really any exercises, the worst exercise or the bad it or bad necessarily. It's whether you can effectively do that exercise for you based on, you know, mechanics and, and, you know, limb length and, and arch in the back or not arch in the back and your angle of pull and things like that. So that's what I was trying to come at this topic. That's the angle I was wanting to come at this topic myself personally. And I was hoping that there would be some, not necessarily disagreement among the three of us, but, but more that we may not be on the same page because that would feed into the point that it's a complicated back training is more complicated than anything else. And there are a lot of different ways to come at back training instead of, well, you just do this or yeah. you do it this way. And this is the correct way to do it. That sort that sort of thing. Yeah.
I think, you know what, I'll speak for just seeing, uh, you know, interacting with a lot of people who listen to the podcasts and, you know, we're thankfully it's cool. We're getting more people joining the group and, and more people listening, especially through YouTube. Once again, guys, if you're new here, we encourage you to hit the subscribe button because we have several podcasts, tons of education each week. Um, I think it's cool, but we do, we do have people at all levels. And so when I see a post like that, my first thought is, hey, there might be some people out here that could use this. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do feel like back is something, man, that I it took me a long time to figure it out. Like, I honestly, I've been obviously training for a long time and it was it, it's still there's still things about back training that I learn each year. Like there's still moments I have where I'm like, oh, shit. Wow. That that hit different in a really good way. Like I haven't been doing that for my whole life. Wow. OK, cool. Let's 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 work that in, you know. I don't know. Think about it. You could take an exercise like a long pulley row uh, or even hammer rows that are are fixed. Like when I say fixed, like a pad in front of you sort of thing. Yeah. And and Scott Stevenson has shown this in videos over and over. And I, I completely agree with him. You can change the angle with the same exercise to just a multitude yeah. of different angles. And, and that's what's so important. It's difficult to take another muscle group and and be able to do the same thing you really can't there's it's just so so many different angles and so complex and i think whether it be long pulley row hammer lat pull in this particular case and you know you you touched on the muscle the mind muscle connection and i agree with that to a certain extent i think that that becomes an act and i don't want to get off on an, another topic but if we're going to go with the mind muscle thing that can sometimes be an activation issue and i hope we get to discuss that because i think that's an easier thing to solve but you know, he was saying about pulling with your arms and stuff yeah. and and hitting the target muscles and you're not going to and you guys tell me if you disagree with this but i you're not going to hit or isolate lats they're going to get hit more than the other muscles based on your angle of pull um, elbow position, you know, things like that. I, I think personally pulling with the biceps, that's just a closed angle type of, you know, and, and this is a difficult discussion. Some of the things we're going to talk about, we have to be very careful when we explain them because I know what I'm thinking in my brain when I say, Oh, you're, you know, you're pulling with your biceps. I can see, yeah. you know, you're forcing a closed angle as an example, where if I do barbell rows, you guys tell me if, if you've ever had this, when I do barbell rows, I force the angle open. And when I talk about the angle, I'm talking about the angle at the elbow. I force it open so much that sometimes on warmups, my triceps will cramp. So I'm, I've done I'm, that before. You, you see what I'm, so I know, I know I'm what glad you to, said yeah. that. What because do you mean? That, right, what do you mean by okay. force the angle open? Force the angle open. I'm going to try to put up my arms so you can see it, but I don't know if you can. I'm talking about the angle at the elbow. So yeah. if you're here, let me see. Yep. If you're closing and you're pulling in towards your head, you're closing the angle. I where see. if you're pushing away, you're opening the angle. Yes. So when bicep involvement comes into question, it, this is my opinion. This is how I look at it. They're without knowing it, they're forcing that angle closed to finish the rep and get get the bar in. And that's that yeah. whole argument of bodybuilding is not about, in my opinion, moving away from point A to point B. It's 
what happens during that. It's the journey from point A to point B. And that's why I've always argued, you know, again, not against, but that progressive overload and pure poundage isn't as important, but that's a, again, another topic in, in and of itself. That's the closed ar or closed angle argument versus what Andrew and I are talking about, where on a row, I'm pulling back and I'm forcing the angle open so much that it's almost not only just a row, but I'm also, I'm forcing it open so much that it's, it's almost like a little bit of a, I don't want to say tricep kickback, but I'm opening, forcing the angle open. And that's what's causing my tricep. And when they start to cramp or I feel them, I'm like, oh shit, okay, I'm forcing it too, too much Here's another, open. This example might be easier for people to understand. So like if you're doing a cross body hammer curl, right? And then when you're bringing it down and you really like over-exaggerate bringing it down, your tricep actually contracts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So you're really like my, some of my buddies will like be re recording me behind there. Like, dude, you doing a tricep exercise here? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm trying to open that angle up so much. So I'm getting the full range as, as much exactly. as I possibly can. And I think that's just an easier one for people to see if you get what I'm sure. I'm getting driving yep. at. I like yep. that. I like that. So that is the argument I think with the arm type thing. Cause look, your arms are going to work. Yeah. Your buys are going to work. Your brachialis is going to it, it's just trying to minimize that and again focus the target on the area of your back primarily that you're that you're trying to work whether it be upper back lats or anything else and that, again that's an angle of pull issue we all know that you can do a lat pull completely upright you can yeah. do it with a ridiculous arch which quite frankly i've come to understand over the years is just counterproductive you have to find a happy medium and i think it's the same way with chess to be honest with you if you over exaggerate the arch, you're, it just takes away a large part of the efficiency of a lot of movement, even if you're trying to dig into your lats. And then it comes with leaning. How far are you leaning back? Uh, again, going with sure. the lat pull. So I personally don't think, and, and this was my argument or this was my counter argument to the comment was, I don't think it, lat pulls are a bad exercise. I think that whether you, well, it comes down to how you, uh, whether you effectively utilize that or whether you're you know yanking the shit out of the weight uh t-bar rows are a good example i think t-bar rows over the last five eight years are they've turned into a bicep movement and i don't see a huge range of motion with the elbows and i'm talking about guys with big backs and they promote the t you know the t-bar row is this big thing and, and i don't like it i think ronnie coleman's t-bars i don't think we're very good at all and he the changed rest of the, the world population, yeah, but and at not the same for a good time, way. And not how for can a good you argue? <laughs> right, how can you argue with Ronnie Coleman's back yeah. development? You can't. But causation, correlation. Well, you know, did he cause that back development with those T bars, or was he able to move retarded poundages because he was just so freaking huge and strong that it really didn't matter? So then we look at him, and we go, "Oh, yeah, that's why he has a big back." So we all start doing shitty T bars for the last ten years. Yeah. What were we gonna say, Andrew? Yeah like six different things but skip just kept on going i remember the last i can remember the last thing that was on my mind talking about Ron. like go with that what well, i just think that like you know genetics are the number one driver in our sport in every aspect genetics of so health true. and response to compounds genetics and being able to push food and muscle insertions and the way more important, most importantly, the way we respond to training and someone like ronnie if he was doing a completely strict upright rowing would his back have gotten as big it, it might have but with that ballistic motion the, the branch warren type style motion like 
it obviously worked for them. I think the genetics card dealt that, you know, that they were dealt allows them to get away with a little bit more of the body English, you know, sure. but, but I do think it, it's hard to, you know, I think in a, in a way it kind of did do a disservice to a lot of people for a lot of people starting to be like, Oh, I'm just going to throw plates on there. Like Ronnie did. Yeah. And I think it led to a lot of back issues, probably yeah. some torn biceps. Over but the if years. you could handle it, uh, like if you had the body to, cause I've known, I've known a handful of people that it's like, damn, they train like branch Warren. You know who did this for a long time? Jordan Janowitz. You know who Jordan is. He, yeah. And Jordan's got that freaky body. Like he's kind of he like branch Warren. Like he's got that dense muscle. And and for the longest time, he loved Branch. And, man, he was just, like, slinging weights so hard in the gym. It was scary. And and he's since then, he's, he's like, dialed it back, you know, like we all kind of grow up over time. But, uh, I mean, he's still strong as hell. But his body was able to handle that. I guess if you can handle putting eight plates on a T-bar and row it with bad form, yeah, you're probably going to grow better than rowing it four plates with decent form <laughs> you know what i mean you're, you're just gonna grow your arms at the same time yeah it's yeah, all maybe, gonna grow maybe it's he's all. smarter than the rest of us <laughs> he's getting two for one yeah you know? but scott you did say i know a few yeah people. right exactly and a that's few. the point it's a small percentage of people yeah. and because our information is that's why there's we always say well there's a lot of factors there's a lot of variables it's individual but we still have to provide information to the majority or the and large And I'd say base. it's probably like 97% that are going to end up not having the experience that Jordan agree. had. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I agree. 100%. <laughs> I agree. Further, 97% are probably not, in my opinion, going to progress and get the results of in back development with shitty T-bars. And, and yeah. I say shitty. We not even say shitty with the style of Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, exactly. Ballistic type power. And I do strongly believe, I mean, I've said on the show numerous times that a T-bar row or a barbell row, that is an explode. To me, it's an exploding control movement. That's what I call them. You explode up, you control down. You explode up, you control down. Now, that's not exaggerated control on the way down. But the point is, is it's an explosive movement versus what I call a stretch and squeeze like a long pulley row. I don't typically make that an explosive movement. It's more of a... Uh, continuous, more of a paced exercise. So I'm all about explosion. I think the difference you, you use the word well. I think ballistic is more because you're just almost by any means necessary in a sense. Well, I think there's a happy medium between the two, though. And right. I think that's where most of us lie, right? Sure. Yeah. Like you can have controlled aggression within the rep, especially during the concentric phase. As yes. long as you're able, I, I think the great rule that I was taught when I was younger was you should at any point during the middle of the rep, especially on the eccentric phase, be able to stop hmm. and hold it for a second and hmm. then come back down. So if we're talking about a dumbbell press, you know, guys that are just like this, like they can't do that. But if you're right. pressing it, it uh, forcefully and then you bring it down at a normal, like, you know, one, two cadence, you could, you could pause it halfway and sure. then continue going back down. I think that's an important, you know, indicator, especially for some of these back exercises. Um, you know, we're talking about T-bar rows or I don't I don't like the, uh, you know, the, the bar, in the, the barbell in the corner. I like the chest supported row. I don't know about you guys. How do you feel about that one? Yes and no. Here's the thing. I have very I have a very weak, vulnerable lower back. So I'm the exception to the rule. I do like um, the corner T-bar row or like a. Uh, what's um, the, the hammer Atlantis. strength one where you're 
Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't. The only hammer strength I've ever used with any type of row has a pad. I know they're out there without them, but it's weird because I've trained in so many gyms, yet I've never come across a hammer that is a standalone oh, that doesn't have. Yeah. So, it, and they're not very, I don't think they're very common. Maybe they are in your neck of the woods, but they never were in Colorado or, or Florida or anything else. But I like to get that lower back. That's kind of um, barbell rows, T-bar rows, things like even standalone um, dumbbell rows, both at the same time where you're basically doing like a barbell row. I use those for my erector movements because I can't pull deads and even doing body weight hyperextensions is horrible for me. So mm. that stability, and I think, I think this is a good note too. So I want to say this to the listeners, don't underestimate the work that your erectors do in during an exercise like barbell rows or t-bar rows of the course. stabilization is huge 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 so you know a lot of people think well i'm not moving through a range of motion similar to a stiff leg or a deadlift or a hyperextension so that it's not getting work those muscles are made for stabilization that's why they're there they're there to stabilize the spine yeah. so keeping them and holding that barbell row for 8, 10, 12, 15 reps is a lot of fucking work, even though you don't feel like the erectors are moving through a full range of motion. There's a it's lot an of isometric hold there. through that whole mm -hmm. damn set. That's a good set. point. Yeah. Exactly. That's a really good point. Hey, I'm going to kind of segue, but not really segue. I just thought it'd be kind of a fun direction to take this, though, because Michael asked us, uh, while we're on the topic of back training, what are your guys's top three back exercises? I, I like thought, that question. It's, it's kind of a cool segue into this because I feel like mm -hmm. we're we're on the cusp of almost telling that anyway, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And I think we're going to have different ones because we have, you know, I have different, different injuries. We have different, exactly. Yeah. So if we have yeah. to pick basic, let's say we had to pick, um, just to be more specific, we had to pick three exercises to do for the next fucking two years and you cannot, you can't vary, you can't, um, you know, you can't get away from those three exercises. What exercises would we do? That's that's pretty good. I like that question. That is good. I'm going to do a, a chest supported T bar. I, I just feel really good connection with a pronated grip. Um, I should say. Okay. Um, I'm going to do that for my first one. Uh, I'm going to do a shoulder width pull down. Okay. Um, and the third one, shit. Um, you know, I really do like uh, barbell rows in the Smith machine with a dead stop. Those there's are something nice. About the yeah, there's something about the dead stop that makes and keeps me safer versus yeah. just a regular standalone. Every time I get into regular, and I haven't done this in four or five years now, but every time up to that where I would try, I would get into doing uh, standing uh, rows, uh, barbell rows, I'd have two, three good weeks. And then on the fourth week, I, I get something in my back. And just from going up to like 275 or something like that. And yeah. then I wouldn't be able to use my back properly and, and train legs properly for another month or so. So I've just thrown that out of the, out of the wheelhouse, but the, there's something about the uh, Smith machine dead stop row that just really feels good for me. I like that a lot. You want to go skip? Yeah. Three. Okay. I'm going to go with the, um, and I'm going strictly on feel like what really truly just engages the shit and so mine are going to be might seem a little bit odd to you guys going to be a little bit different i do want to say that you're the barbell smith rows if you have a slight angle like a 15 i think it's a 15 degree angle 10 something like that um is fucking good but i'm gonna leave that out in favor of a, an atlantis t-bar because i just that goddamn i just I've never gotten on one and not had it feel just incredible. And I don't know if you guys have done this, but with T-bar rows, sometimes the angle will pull in so low 
that I don't like it because I can't, you know, I want that to be in, in, for me, an upper back, more of an upper back, mid back exercise. Anyway, I'm going to go with that one. Number one, I won't open with it because of my lower back. I'd probably finish with it uh, because I need to make that exercise as, as non vulnerable to my lower back as possible. Um, but I'm going to go with you on the shoulder with shoulder with lat pull down or, but I'm going to, I'm going to throw in a little, a little caveat here. I'm going to use the rotate green bar that has the swivel handles on it because the 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 contraction that i can get out of rotating from a regular grip to an almost neutral grip as i come in is mm -hmm. just retarded mm -hmm. uh, and i think it, it obviously it with that bar it adds a lot of variability to changing things but i'm just going to say that i would go i would go with those for lap pulls uh even over chins i i don't like chins as much because i struggle to bury the resistance and i like to start lighter with my workouts to be able to engage and make sure left and right feels the same because sometimes with back and i wonder if some of the listeners have had this if you don't start light enough and you don't activate left to right i will get into my heavier sets and i will feel one side a little bit more than the other and i hate that i it drives me fucking nuts because i'm kind of ocd anyway the third one is um the low the hammer low row again for versatility because you can lean in it different. You can lean, you know, you can lean back a little bit. You can stay upright. But I, of all the hammer rows out there, that one, and of course, the fact that it's supported because of my lower back helps immensely too. But that one for me gives me the, the best, just the best stretch contraction combination of any. And I've, I mean, I, you guys probably have all used all the different ones too. I also like the undergrip one same but yeah. i'm not talking about the undergrip one as much as i'm talking about the or the the it's a low row I, I think everybody knows the hammer low row so i'll i guess i'll just leave it at that i would go with those it's hard not to throw in machine pullovers um but we're, we have to stick with three so those would be my three yeah. that i would ride that atlantis machine you're talking about is that the one that um is that the is that chest supported it's not no oh, it's not so how does yeah. that work then well, it's is just, it, here's the thing. It's not is it really, is it a hinge? It is. The, it's a hinge okay. and you stand so on the platform. I know the reason I go then. with, okay. Cause I mean, okay. like Arsenal makes them and everything else. It's not the Atlantis Atlantis brand. Isn't necessarily specific. Like, Oh, I have to have an Atlantis. It's just that every time I use that, the angle is, is just great. And, and it doesn't overstretch when you pull it, like when you set it down or pull it out of the hole, I can't stand when you stand on a platform on a T bar. Yeah. And you have to pull the bar from the platform level yeah. because it's just fucking dangerous. And and I know because I have injured, herniated a disc, putting the motherfucker back. So I typically literally squat out of the bottom or I have someone throw it up to me to stand up. And then yeah. I go down yeah. from the standing position, start it, and then I'll drop that bitch. You know, what? it's it almost like it should be on a swivel where you can like pick it up. Like like a T bar, it, how exactly it would be awesome. You know what I mean? It would be awesome. Yeah. I bet it, I bet somebody has one, but it hasn't been Arsenal or Atlantis or anything yet. Uh, the other thing is, is I don't like when T bars that are fixed like that on a platform. I don't like when they wobble. Yeah, I, there's just something about it that I just I want that fixed. Bam! I don't want to fucking worry about balancing it out. I just want to feel it equal left to right and pull the shit out of them. We used to put plates on you know the the the, the platform. Yeah. So that that you, you set it down. And uh, I remember one time uh, I was training with my friend Carrie and uh, I, you know, we were like pushing hard, crazy reps, all that. And 
I wasn't looking. Like I might have even had my eyes closed. And I went and I just like got everything I could and I just fucking dropped it. And I guess the plate had gotten like re- rearranged on the thing and he reached his hand down to oh. grab the plate and I came boom right down on his thumb. I didn't even know because like, oh, I have dude. headphones going and all of that and it split his finger up. I'm sure his thumb probably got broke. It, it just it thankfully it just caught a little part of it. it. Like it didn't, you know, it didn't go big, but man, it was uh oh. it was a bad one. I got a, I pulled up a picture of now do you guys know this machine? Let me see here. Yeah, I hate yes. it. So Yeah, I'm not there's, a huge fan. So yeah. this one the the handles are wider. You see what I'm saying? They have the other one where the handles are closer and they're more V-shaped. Mm-hmm. Whatever I figured out in my back, I freaking fell in love with this machine. Because the way that I pull down, it's almost like a pull over. So I'm kind of pulling like this, you know, if I can yep. get into that. There we I go. Gotcha. I'm kind of pulling like that machine. I'm kind of pulling like that. And there's kind of that pull over effect happening. And man, that thing... I, and it's funny because I used to train at Highland Park Powerhouse and I never really cared about it and didn't think it was that special. And <clears> I used the the one next to that with the with the handles that were close together. And yeah. then I went back there this past winter. It was actually where I think I probably caught COVID, believe it or not, because I only <laughs> left the house a couple times that week. And uh, I used that machine and I was like, holy shit. I want like I want that machine so bad that I if I could find one I would make room in the gym and I don't have any space left. But like just somehow it's got the only problem is it's such a big profile. It is man the the, the piece. It is you know a lot of those machines like there's a cool um, Ron Partlow has a really cool Prime Fitness machine uh, that you you lay down face down and it's a row machine. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's basically looks like an inclined bench that you yeah. lay on yeah. face down. And man, that thing feels good too. Also, yeah. it would take up like a 15 square foot space. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A city block pretty right. much. Yeah. Right. Those prime machines yeah. are huge. They're nice, yeah. but the, yeah, they're big. And you make a good point with the, you know, Andrew, I think agree. We're, I'm not a big fan of that undergrip. I, I, I don't want to say I hate it. I said I hated it. I don't hate it, but that's the difference. It works well for you and you get a good feel on it. I've tried a multitude of different ways of doing it. And every time I try to get mad, cause I'm like, I fucking hate this thing. Why do I try to force this? It's just not a very natural, comfortable you, mechanical. Have position. you done the thing where you take like a, a D bar handle and like put it in there. So you keep more of a neutral grip or even yeah. like a pronated grip. Have you ever tried to like play? Well, I was gonna, I, there I are some angles that are better, but at the same time, it just does. Now, if you turn it around well, I got and it. you, you know, you go with the one where you actually face in towards me. I absolutely Love that lap pull down. What the about what about handles you're talking about? Same thing. What about reverse grip pull downs? Just a straight Re- up reverse grip oh, pull downs. I'm I like them better than I like that machine. Okay, that's that tells us something. You know let, what me, I mean? let me tell you. Here's here's one of the things that stands out with me about that. Mechanically, for me, it's not sound because you start in close and you're pulling out wide, and I don't like that, that. one. That I one's think that it wide. Be more neutral. That one is. Uh, that, yeah, that one's not close. That's that one's different. There's the one that you start close and the handles are shaped like a V. That one they're more straight and it comes down and it, it just it just basically comes down. 
Okay, then I must just be so narrow that it's still a V pull to me. It pulls slightly out, and I don't. I know what you're talking about. The V handle one, I actually love, and I think that's a that one gives me a great feel. This one though, I just, I, I just, I've tried alternating. I've tried to do them one at a time, and I don't even like doing one side at a time. I can't. It it just right. sucks. Well, I'll take <laughs> that. I'll take that. I'll take, um, I'll take traditional pull downs. And I will take dumbbell rows because any specifics on grip on the pull down. Uh, well, if I have this machine, <laughs> I, I probably, I don't, you know, I, do I have to do I, if I, I I'm promising well, I to do, we were being I'm promising to do, here. I'm promising yeah. to do one exercise for the next two years. <laughs> At least right. give me multiple grips. I'm going to change the grips. <laughs> but yeah, at some point, exactly. Now, what about your dumbbell rows? Are you pulling, um, you know, neutral, how are you pulling them? You pull them both at the same time. No, one arm. One arm, and the reason is, is because it no matter where my back is at. If my back is a hundred percent, I'm pulling the entire world with that one arm. Uh, if my back's not feeling good, I can still do it, but you know, I, I can also support myself more on on the rack while I lean on that because I do lean on the dumbbell rack while I do it, and I take up all that space. But I'm in my own gym, so it's okay. So basically, you're saying your erectors for the next two years are going to go undeveloped because you don't have a back exercise that has to support your <laughs> shit, <spine>. shit. <laughs> shit i guess so uh, i guess so i guess i'd have to like play with like not quite holding the rack that hard you know <laughs> yeah exactly Something well do like you ever that. do uh your dumbbell rows with your pulling sidearm leg forward no that might be something to try because you're you're reducing any of the torso rotation wait, that you're going to get leg forward wait what do you mean I'm pulling with my right arm. Yep. Or if you're pulling with your right arm, where's where, how are your legs set up? I basically bend straight over. Are they even. Yeah, my my so feet are even. even. Yeah. Okay. Try staggering them. Well, okay. So he, let me let me paint the picture of the opposite. Yeah. So you'll see people that really just want to throw some weight around. Oh yeah. They're pulling with their right arm. Their left leg will be far forward. Their right leg will be far back. So their right hip on. is already up a little bit. So they're, they're getting some of this. This. They're getting this rotation. Or they're getting now, a lot of your, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're being nice. But when you put okay. when you put yeah yeah if if they're making a YouTube video or an Instagram video they're probably using that stance because they want to grab the 180s or whatever. But yeah. if you want to get serious, put your right leg forward and pull with that right arm, and you, I think you'll see that that's the what torso I do. Rotation. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, cool. like my feet are basically together, and then what I'll do yep. is like if I'm just standing here like this, I yep. lean forward like that, and then I row. I okay. almost think of it as. The way I explain it to people, too, is like the way you would be at the bottom of a barbell row. Okay. My feet are a little okay. bit off-centered, though. They're a little, they're like this, gotcha. but they're still real close. So, like, so, like that, so what that I'm way I don't is, drop the barbell on my dumbbell on my foot, you know? Okay. Well, I'm saying switch that around even just a little bit so that your right foot is forward oh, more so I than see. your left. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So that hip is now stationary. Yeah. You're not no. getting any benefit from torso rotation or very little compared to any other foot setup. I got you. And you'll yeah. chop you'll, those you'll, weights in half. Really. You would. I'm just going <laughs> to say, you will see a good 25 to 30% clean rep weight. Easy. Drop. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. This is some good back talk. Hope everybody enjoys it. Um, we've got back talk. 
another back talk. That's good. I, like I didn't that. even I like notice that. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you're you're punny. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to take a brief moment to shout out our sponsors. I'll make it quick, but this stuff's super important because it's our sponsors that help to make this show possible. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for you shopping with our sponsors, we wouldn't be here either. You can support our programming by shopping with truenutrition.com. They're our title sponsor. They've supported us for a number of years. They have awesome health and performance supplements. You can ask Skip or Dusty or Scott Stevenson all about True Nutrition and they'll tell you how good of a company they are. Hardcore bodybuilders have trusted them for over 15 years now. Use our code THINK. You'll get some savings. You'll support our programming. If you're in Canada, you can shop with supplementsource.ca. They have highly discounted supplements, discounts on bulk orders, and free shipping over $99. Check them out. And finally, you can directly support our programming on Patreon. I'll have links below for Patreon and everything else. We're taking more questions over there, and I appreciate everybody who's already helping to directly support our programming through our Patreon. All right, guys, thanks for hanging with me. Let's get back to the show. We've got, if you could only pick from... One of the three, and we'll use the word Dave Palumbo would use, one of the th- three gurus, either Hani Rampod <laughs> or Chad Nichols or uh, Chris Aceto. You've got those three choices, three guys that have got you know, some incredible people in shape that we've looked up to, uh, great bodybuilders. We probably have pictures of them in our gyms and on our walls. If, they were, if we had the choice to work with one of those three of those guys, you had to. You had to. Uh, who who would you pick? I think it's easy um, for me. It's, who's that? It's, I'm going to go with the Cito. And I'm going to go with the Cito, which is not to say the other guys aren't good. But I And, and I'm not saying this to be a dick, but I would put a Cito and Nichols up here and then Hani a close four. Really? And, and I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. Ooh, a close four? Yeah. I just, <laughs> who's I don't, third, you? I no, no, no. Well, I'm just I'm just making the point that there's a disparity between yeah. the two and with Hani. Just me, and like I said, I don't mean disrespect, you know, to Hani by saying that. I just think that the the other two are are just so much better. Aceto is uh, well, Aceto is incredibly consistent. I started training in the '80s. He was married to Laura Craval. He was prepping her. He was a national level you know, guy, he has walked the walk. He has just done it for so many years and the consistency is just there. The, uh, as far as, um, Chad, to me, it's, I don't want to say hit or miss cause I think he's very fucking good, but he's also, it's either there and it's crazy or it's slightly, I think he's a little bit more of a risk taker at the end more than Aceto is, but I'm only basing that on results over a long period of time. So if I was going for something like I just like I can't like I need this edge. I'm willing to take, you know, the the last minute gambles, not necessarily health. I, it, we That could be argued forever of who's healthy and who's not and who's worse than the other. But I'm just saying as far as putting your like we're going to gamble, we're going to gamble and we might miss it and we might not peak. But if you do, it's going to be insane. That to me is more of a Chad Nichols. Honey, um, not to say he's, you know, he's he's consistent. He's good. He's been in the game for a long time. But I don't want to say anything else because I don't want it to sound disrespectful. I think the other two's knowledge base, and let's be honest, I mean, Hani was essentially a secretary to Chad. And I don't know that Hani has a, a competitive background, so I don't even know where he has gained this knowledge. And you guys correct me if I'm wrong, because if he does have a competitive background to where he's actually done it and himself, I have looked for years 
And oh. I was close to Phil Heath for a while, and there was not anything that I knew that of him competing. So correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I've missed out on information somehow. But I, that's how I would put it. I would put Aceto, I would put Chad, and then I would put Hani as a distant player. But has Chad ever? Would Chad ever have you do seven sets of seven? That's a good point. Yeah, I think his training is VST nine or something like that. It's it's a little bit different. <laughs> Uh, is that still a thing? I mean, it might be. I'm not. I don't mean that shit. I don't. FST, I don't think so. Okay. I don't yeah. think so. I actually followed that plan when it first came out. They, it was originally developed for for arm training to improve your arms. Like his original FST seven plan, I I followed that for for probably about three months, and it worked too because at my level of uh, my level of experience, adding a bunch more volume to a body part worked. You know what I'm saying? Because sure. like well, I was, what's the best program for you? The program the that you're, you're not, not doing, doing. right? <laughs> the, one, the one that you're exactly. looking forward to next time, right? Yeah, like once you exactly. get done this, on the one. So I, I, I would say in that respect, I think yep. that's probably what you dealt with there. Exactly. But I do think that FST seven would lend well to the arms, which I feel do really well with more pump training. Just yeah. get as much blood in there as you possibly can versus like the back, for instance, yeah. like think of if you were to try to do those F I, I watched a Derek Lunsford set doing an FST seven on a T bar row. And I'm like, there's no way my biceps wouldn't give out yeah. before my back does when he's doing yeah. those sets. You know what yeah. I mean? And I haven't completely thrown that out either because I have found that like, yeah, that I discovered in that period of time, like, hey, yeah, pump stuff does work for my my buys and tries for sure. How about mm -hmm. you, Andrew? Who, who are you going with? Um, I'm going to disagree with Skip. For the sake of this podcast, so we have no, whoa. no, so whoa, <laughs> no, like I, I don't think anybody could go wrong with any of the gentlemen. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I am gonna say I would probably choose Hani more so because I started listening to his podcast last year, okay. and I think the guy is just like really passionate about helping his clients, like, like really get the most that their body can physically deliver, no matter what. Um, like, I don't know if you guys listened to the one he did with, uh, Seth Ferrosi. No, if you haven't. No. It, so he has a podcast, I think called the mind and the one he did with Seth Ferrosi, who I think was his first or second guest was just like, you, you got some real behind the, t the scenes type stuff and you got Hani's mindset. You got the client Seth Ferrosi's mindset during that whole process. And they had a falling out after that for a while because of it. And they had huh. since re gotten back together and, and they're on great terms and everything. And they're having a laugh about it. But, um, you know, and I also just think like Hani was the guy that Jay went to when he had lost the Olympia and needed to rekindle that spirit. And I think That's Hani right. was the right guy at the right time for him. And not to say that Chris couldn't have done that, but I think sometimes when you're in that relationship with someone for too long, the same old just kind of gets done over and over again. Sure. And yeah. I don't think that I don't know if Jay would have been able to come back and win that Olympia again if it wasn't for Hani, fresh blood. I'm just going to work you to death because Jay mm -hmm. said this guy worked me to death. He mm -hmm. had me doing way more cardio than ever. He had me, it was like a, he was becoming a bodybuilder all over again. So, um, that's a reason. Um, the other reason is just, you know, his, his versatility on working with a lot of different athletes of all different, um, you know, uh, classes, you know, like he's had really good men's physique. He's had some good classic physiques. And most recently he's had, you know, the Derek Lunsford, he, fi he figured Derek Lunsford out who for five, six years now, we've all been like, when is the Derek that won the yeah. USA is going to show up on yeah. the Olympia stage, peeled, dry, full, right at 212 where we want to see him. And that's and a tough, that was a tough balance to make because, I mean, to get him looking good at 212, that 
That was yeah. a, thinking about that. I was like, man, that's not a that's not a prep that I would envy doing. You know what I'm saying? That no. would be a difficult one. And he had a great coach before that. Uh, James Brown was a great guy and knew what he was doing with him. But there's just something that Hani figured out. And I mean, anyone that's seen Derek at like 230 or 225 or whatever, he's already peeled and in shape. Oh, yeah. So you imagine having to suck off, you know, 12, 14 pounds. You know, where does it come from at, at that point? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Scott, let's keep professional. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Skippy said, suck off. I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so Derek, God damn, I didn't Derek catch out. it. I know. I looked like, at you. I was like, like Skip, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just been so consistent with. <laughs> he's been so consistent with hottie choping. Yeah. Um, you know, I just the last couple of years, I I, I mean, I, I would have loved to see Hottie win the Olympia this year. Yeah, me. I agree. I thought I he agree. was the best package yeah. out there, um, you know, in terms of fitting as much muscle as he can on that frame while keeping it as dry as he possibly could, which we all know it is so hard to bring a level of fullness and the most level of dryness that you can at the same time. Mm -hmm. And I think exactly. they walked that line as perfectly as he could. So I would make I would good pick, points. And, and, make good yeah, points. and not to say that anyone would be wrong picking the other guys. I'm just sure. saying that's yeah. why I'd pick Hottie. So, yep. yeah. so you never specified whether this was for a prep or an off season. You just said you had to work with them, right? Yeah, I guess I assume prep, but yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, in I'm a place. Prep. I'm in a place. Well, I'm assuming off season. How about that? <laughs> Fair enough. So you're gonna say? Okay. I, I'm gonna say that I'm in a place where I could use to grow the most amount of muscle possible, rebuild after being sick, uh, and yeah, I'm gonna go with Chad. I'm gonna go with Chad. Just because of um, Ron told me, you know, when I talked to Ron, Ron was talking about how they built his diet up. I mean, he did get to a point where he said he ate the most amount of food he's ever eaten while working with Chad. He said that he was eating so much food that their high days were on his non-training days because it was so much food that he couldn't eat it and still yeah. train. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you guys something about that real quick. Do you ever do that with people? Make their, I've done it their myself with great days. success. So this is the first couple of years I've been really moving that way because just when you're taking two and a half hours out of the day and moving, it's just hard to fit the volume of mm -hmm. food that you need to to keep progressing the scale forward. And so, yeah, anyway, sorry to go off track, Scott. Yeah, no, and I did it while dieting. I didn't do it in the off season and it worked oh. really, really well. So that's just that's a good not even two years ago. Yeah, I've used that while with with people while dieting, especially Same. where it's like, Same. you know, they needed some rest as well. And then we give them that food and then they come back the day after that. And it's like, I'm really glad you took the day off. There was no cardio or minimal cardio. You know, you got all that food. And now they like that brings people back to life in the right. Well, I call right those place. adrenal reset days. Yeah, that's a good term. Yeah, my thing is, is I was I doing it every non-training day. <laughs> not loading, not loading, uh -huh. but I'm just saying my carbs were significantly higher on all of my non-training days. And I remember thinking, I, this is not supposed to fucking work, but I love shit that's not supposed to work, but I'm getting off on a tangent. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, no, I mean, that's pretty much what I had to say. I, You know, Ron was at his all-time biggest, over 300 pounds at that point. Um, you know, and, and, and I would say that if there's, you know, he, he's a guy who knows how to handle really big people. And if there's anybody that could help me put on the most amount of mass, I just would personally trust him to do that. Now dieting, I feel like Chris Aceto would be the most similar to what I'm familiar with. 
Like if I worked with Chris for a show, to me, it would probably be a lot like like almost like I could have done it myself. And I'm not saying I'm yeah. as good as Chris Aceto, but like it would be like very similar lines. Uh, reality is my physique is only capable of so much. So I almost feel like I might be disappointed because it's like, well, I could I could have done this because I, I, it's I'm, I'm only going to be able to cheat. Like I can get absolutely peeled. And I, yeah. I think that Chris would get me absolutely peeled. And then I, I, yeah, I don't know if it'd be any different than anything else I've done with with myself or other coaches I've worked with. You know, I think Chris would be or all of a lot of us would most of us would be very similar to how Chris diets people in I the sense so. of like mm-hmm. doesn't give you a plan other than, OK, we're starting with this today and checking in three days and we'll see how it's going and we'll make changes if we need to. Like yeah. I, from my understanding of, you know, talking to a lot of people that work with them, it's more like he doesn't even have like a, a drug list. He's just like, what do you got in the cabinet? You know, let's start yeah. with that. Yeah. And, you know, and then same thing with food. He's like, oh, what are you eating now? You know, uh, all right, keep doing that for three days and then send me more picks. Yeah. And then but I like that approach to drugs because that's basically saying that it takes a back seat to everything else. And I yes. really like that. I think that's yes. a good way to. to well, it also to gives the user input on, because typically you're going to have things on hand that you respond well to. Right. right. You're not going to keep right. shit that you don't right. like that causes side effects or, you know, it has negative health implications for you. So it's like, OK, you're kind of giving him that information based off what you have in your cabinet. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way, but I have heard him say that before. And I've heard Ron and Ron and Dusty have endless stories. I'd almost want to work for with Chris just for the acetoisms, the jokes. It'd be close. It'd be very close. Like, oh, you're not as fat today. Good job. Yeah, that kind of thing. (laughs) And, And to be to be clear, too, out of those three coaches, Chris is my favorite. And if the question were. Who would you want to like hang out with for a day? It would be Chris Aceto, hands down. In oh, fact, I agree. Yeah. he's like he's one of my favorite people that I, we've ever had on the podcasts, like hands down ever. So that's where I now just in Chris defense Aceto. of Chad, though, I have met him a couple times because I judged shows in uh, Kansas with him, and he is a he is a great guy. He's he's very oh, yeah. cool. Now, he's awesome. I, I, I have not spoken with Chris and I don't think I've seen him on any podcast. Cause I mean, I watch so many podcasts. I probably should watch more podcasts, uh, but I have heard people, you know, speak of his personality and the fact that he's, you know, he's a pretty, I don't know if it's he's witty, but he's a pretty funny, yeah. Witty guy. So, yeah. 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 And I did. Actually, he was, a, Chad, so there, yeah. there was an Aceto sighting, uh, in, uh, Boston this last weekend. We, no kidding. We the new England. Yeah. We had the new England championships, which I didn't end up going to cause I only had one client in it, but, uh, okay. my friends, uh, Nate Spear, Justin Randall, a few other people were there and Justin said someone like poked him. They're like, dude, turn around, look who it is. And he turned around and it's Chris Aceto sitting there with one of his sons. And I guess they were in town for something for one of, for his kid, but he decided no to stop by and see Jay cause it's a, it's a Jay Cutler show. Okay. Um, okay. Jose, Jose, is one of the judges and you know him and jose have a long-term relationship and yeah. so yeah um justin even talked to him a little bit so he felt that's cool. cool that's cool all right well uh what do you guys say we get into some listener questions how's that sound to okay. y'all it's a hell of a gamble with a 30 million dollar plane lieutenant it's just a top gun <laughs> reference today but go ahead i don't even know where that came from all right so i've got a few things here um just because it's right in front of me i'm gonna pull this one up Another training question. We love the training stuff. Uh, hey, guys, got a question. What exercise did you start doing later in your career that you wish you did earlier? 
I like the question. Man, really that makes me think. Question. While you're thinking, I'll rattle off because I already know what it is. Go for me. it. Go for pullovers. it. Pullovers. Dumbbell and pullovers. machine pullovers. Yeah, I understand that when I started, you know, in the 80s, it was a while ago. They were bigger in the 70s, but they had fallen off. It wasn't something that, you know, the Lee Haney's and the Lee Labrada's and say it wasn't a, a big exercise. But I struggle because I have such narrow clavicles. I laugh and say that the the Kendall has, you know, because my name, my real name is actually Ken. I know nobody what? knows that. I know. Bizarre. I'm just throwing Scott out Stevenson these. does. Because whenever he refers to you, he says, yeah, well, I was <laughs> I talking to Ken the other day. <laughs> exactly. Ken so, that was with, obviously with narrow clavicles, I have a shoulder width problem and I have a back width problem. And I did the old shit of, you know, oh my God, I'm going to lap pull, I'm going to chin. And I'm like, years, I'm like, why in the fuck isn't this going to work? Then I started rolling more. I'm like, oh, this works way better. And then started fucking around just again, just experimenting. And when I got into pullovers, I'm just telling you for me, so I, I would guess or hypothesize that people with narrow clavicles may get more out of pullovers than people with wide clavicles. I don't know. But what it did for me is I would rather do pullovers. Honestly, I would get more out of them than I will lat pulls, um, even narrow lat pulls. Now, obviously, I'm not going to – it doesn't dig into my lats as much. I'm talking about primarily around the shoulder blade underneath the armpit. But I, I'll do a set or two, and they will just – blow up under it'll feel like i got softballs now i don't look in the mirror because if i look in the mirror i start posing then i i'm you know i'm reminded that i don't have much of a back <laughs> or much back with but it feels like there's a ton of shit there that for me was a big and once i put them in i keep them in i think they're awesome and then we can get into performing them correctly instead of doing a tricep extension with them but that's another that's another thing if you're doing pullovers with 110 120 your tries are growing really well from them. What's okay? So here's a good question because, like, real life, how heavy do you typically go on the pullovers with dumbbells? First, I'll I finish with them, and it's not an exercise that I will take like to failure or anything like that. It's really Same. just I call it an, an exercise where you literally are opening up. It's a it's a stretch type movement. Even when I do them with the machine, I only use about two thirds of the range of motion. I don't cut you know pull it into my gut things like that. I focus primarily on the stretch. But I do them this way, and then I'll give you my poundage because I'm trying to justify the poundage. I explain to my clients the way that I do them is when you take that dumbbell over your head, you literally push it. You're pushing out so that you're minimizing the bend. You're always going to have a little bit of a bend at the elbow. You have to. But there shouldn't be much of a range of motion as far as the elbow bending and that, that angle at the elbow changing. It should stay relatively pretty much yeah. the same the entire time. So in pushing that out over your head, obviously the most resistance in that stretch position, you don't want to create a, a dangerous or a vulnerable position there. So for me, if I can get to, I mean, 90 is fucking, and I keep my reps higher. So if I'm finishing with them and I'm doing them the way I want to do them, getting to a 90 or an 85, it's, it's, I'm feeling the shit out of that. 70, 75, that's about where I'll fall most of the time, but it's fucking work. You want to bend that elbow to let it down, but you're then, as soon as you start to bend the elbow, then you're taking a little bit of stress off where you really want that stretch. So I see a lot of people again question. coming back. Well, it, that's exactly right. Coming back right? to the back. Yeah. Coming yeah. back to that back exercise. I see so many people do them inefficiently. I was going to say poorly or sloppily, but inefficiently. And, and that's coming back to that back thing. You want to be as efficient and as optimal as you possibly can. And, and it comes down to a form and angle of pull. 
I'm actually going to uh, agree with that exercise because I used to do them incorrectly. I used to do them. You're picking the you're same on the bench. I'm picking the same because yeah. uh, as Skip's talking, yeah, it's like really huh. hitting home because when I was younger, you know, I read the Arnold encyclopedia and Arnold always used to do them. Right. But he laid on the bench. Uh, you know, he laid on at the bench, not the long way, like the, the flat way, right. Where your hips are lower than your, like a good deal lower than your shoulders and i wasn't necessarily ever feeling my lats properly because i didn't i was probably going way too heavy and i wasn't like skip was saying my elbows were bent and i was just doing like one of these like almost like a i don't know what you call it like a tricep pullover type thing right yeah almost like that that pgr pullover slash whatever and Mm -hmm. then john had uh, meadows had me start doing them maybe like 2014 or 15 with laying on the bench the long way having my Mm -hmm. head just hang off the back a little bit so now my hips were just a little bit higher than where my shoulders sat. Yeah. I was, and the other thing is like, you know, instead of trying to shoot right for hundreds, you know, I started with like fifties, 55 for me, the sweet spot is like 60, 65, 70. Like, yep. like I can do nineties for 10 reps, but I'm not going to be as strict and clean and I'm not going to feel it in my lats in, in much the same way that Skip's talking about. Like, like I'm not trying to get this like crazy contraction at the bottom of the movement. I'm trying to open everything up and really stretch everything out. I've already yes, done all the yes, contraction type exactly. stuff earlier in the session. So yeah. that's why when Skip was saying that, I'm like, you know what? That's probably the exercise for me too, that once I really started doing it correctly, it's just like, oh, okay. I've been doing this wrong my whole life. I uh, I do those as well, like you guys are talking about. I didn't always do them, um, but maybe around like 2014-ish or so is, is when I started. Um, no, it would have been earlier. It would have been like 2013, something like that. It was through John's stuff as well. Through, with working with Shelby. Yeah, yeah. Training with Shelby. Yeah, yep. yeah. So uh, yep. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to go with the back exercise too. I'm going to say pull downs because as I talked about earlier, I figured, and I've talked about it on a bunch of other shows, I figured out how to pull with my lat instead of pulling with like the Terry's and the rear delts and in my arms and all that BS. So yeah, if I could go back and do that again, my back would have grown a lot faster. That's for sure. Would you say that the reason why you weren't doing it correctly and for all all the examples we're giving is because we were so caught up in just trying to use a heavy dumbbell or a heavy weight to try to, whether it's impress ourselves or impress our training partner or, or what, you know, like when you get together when you're younger and you get together with a group of guys and you just start training, it's just like, keep adding weight, keep adding weight. And the reps get sloppier and sloppier yep. and sloppier. Whereas I think more, I guess to answer this guy's question, it's more now of, cause I don't think there's any other, it's not like there's a lot of exercises that we didn't do. I think when we were younger, we did almost all the same exercises we do now. Maybe there's a few machines that are invented now that weren't around back then, yeah, but it's right. more so like we've just become so much more honed in and focused on how to do the movement correctly to hit the target tissue. Yeah. That's, I think the, the, the bigger point here. I think you're absolutely right, man. Yeah. I'd agree with that hundred percent. Well, We could take an hour and talk about back training and we would leave out four other hours that we could talk about it. We pretty much already did. And, yeah, <laughs> we have. Yeah. This is the yeah. back exercise episode for sure, but it's good. There's a lot of good information. All right. So, um, we do have a couple more listener questions. I had put this out over at the think big Patreon and I said, Hey guys, does anybody want to do a physique critique? Uh, I figured I'd open that up to our Patreon people first. And lo and behold, a guy that I just started working with, Mike, said, uh, yeah, man, I'll, I'll give it a go. We'll give it a try. So we just put his his offseason plan together. We were literally we are working together for one week now. 
and actually more than a week because I've been analyzing his training. I, I've had him sending me video. So I've been looking at his physique and looking at the way he trains, and then we've started to make some adjustments. So I got his pictures here. I'll put up a back rear relaxed and a front relaxed. So here's one shot, and then here is his front shot. Let's see. I'm going to grab his front front relaxed. And here's his frame. front relaxed. Yeah, he, he does. I think there's right off the bat posing. You, you could do three things with his posing that would make him look even bigger and better. Yeah. Like I think his, his feet are too close together, is, uh, especially in both shots actually. In the back shot, I feel like he's not arching his chest enough and getting his elbows out wide enough. And I think you could add like another two inches of width You're just by right. getting them out a, a little bit more and arching that chest up. Mm -hmm. um, but, okay, so looking at body parts here, he's in good off-season condition, I'll tell you that. Yeah, he uh, he just dieted down, and then he wanted to start oh, growing. Okay. So, he, yeah, he's just okay. coming off a diet. Okay. I'll start it out by just saying that I don't see any glaring yeah. weaknesses. Yeah, that's I agree. always that's always good. And I know with my clients, I will say a lot of times if you don't have glaring weaknesses, go into grow. And as we get into the off season, if we see something that is lagging or or starting to fall behind or or other areas are picking up, then we can adjust from there. Now I'm not saying you know if I have to nitpick, you know maybe his lats could be uh, a little. They may look a little thin, but that's a back relaxed shot. So it's yep. not, you know, he's not going to have Kai Lats, um, you know, in that position. Get or, a, you know, I, get a I would agree with you. I can throw up here too. I can also I, tell I too that from you. the from the front, and this is a lot of people, and especially as the, they age, he's tighter, clearly tighter from the front than the back, and yeah. you know, so that it sucks, and it, it sucks as a when you're dealing with that as a competitor because you can be ready a lot of times, 10, 12 pounds from the front. Um, when you're off, you still need 10 or 12 pounds to be on from the back like you are from the front. Now, oh, yeah. I don't know that you, that you would know, be... I'll say this. Hold on, no, Skip. I would yep. say his lower back is almost in line with the condition in his abdominals, almost. It's really just the waist down. Because even from the front, if you look at the quads compared to the upper body, the quads carry... Maybe just not fully flexing them, but yeah, more right. so the, the quads and also the, um, you know, like the glute hamstring kind of area, just a little you know, not being critical, just soggy compared to like the upper body in general, because I think the lower back is, you know, you, you do see a little bit of striations there. Yeah. You got yeah. anything you want to add to this, Andrew? I would say, okay, you know, what's going to be a weakness over time is possibly the arms, but that's a white guy thing, right? I mean, I think throw up that back double again, if you would. Sure. Got it. I didn't expect you to play the race card, Andrew. God, I'm you, I just didn't have all you right. pegged. No. <laughs> I, I think all three of us on this podcast know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, you know, he's pretty balanced. Like, he is. I think you drove the point home, Skip, that, like, he doesn't have any glaring weaknesses. Because when you get into the glaring weaknesses, it's like, okay, now we got to set up your training a particular way to try to attack and address that weakness. But right. I, I would say, you know, this guy's in a great spot to just grow. We're going to focus mm -hmm. a little bit on back. That's going to be one place yep. where we're going to work on mm -hmm. better back activation and we're going to work on uh, better ham activation. So, you know, obviously it's going to be one of those things of like, yeah, grow everything. Cause I agree with you guys. He's especially like from this front relax shot right here. I feel like that's a really nice shot on him right mm -hmm. there, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. 
Yeah, we don't have anything like I. It's interesting to hear you guys say that because I I thought he looked pretty balanced too. But I feel like you can always have more back, right? So yeah. if we if we work on getting more out of his back training, then uh, you know, then we'll we, so we're gonna we're gonna work on that and we're we're gonna change the frequency a little bit and see if we can handle. Yep training a little bit more often for each body part see how it goes nice yeah. um we had a drug question Go great physique, buddy uh, while you're finding it i'll just point out that if we go back eight years yeah the amount of drug questions would be 90 10 and now they're like 10 90. it's That's a good. lot more <laughs> training and nutrition base and i love it it <laughs> depends on the show if you get on drugs and stuff with dave crossland it's like every well, the show is called drugs, exactly. drugs. and exactly. stuff. <laughs> exactly. Ours, and the then kind of some sweat, stuff after, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's one shit. All right, so um, I'm sure you guys have already covered this, so forgive me for not remembering. But what is the ideal time to take your AI? Honestly, when you remember, for one thing. Yeah, no uh, shit. I mean, I mean, how many times has that been an afterthought? Like, oh shit, I forgot to take what, whatever, you know, my novel decks or my, you know. But, yeah. um, you know, this is such a, if we really want to get scientific with it, it all depends on the esters that you're using. So, you know, if you're using like a testosterone, you know, an antiate versus a testosterone propionate, those are going to have different times where the peak level of testosterone is going to hit your, or be in your bloodstream, um, as well as a clearance. So, um, but generally what I tell people is I want you to take it, your AI the day after, um, a full, usually about a full 20, 24 hours after you take your, let's say shot of testosterone, because the research and the studies I've looked at, it shows that that's pretty much where the peak level of testosterone hitting your bloodstream is going to be. And that's when the peak conversion of testosterone to estrogen is going to be. So that's right. You guys have anything different you would say? I wouldn't say anything different. I agree with you other than there is a difference between dosing like say aromasin versus arimidex where you know um it, aromasin i tend to dose more frequently and it, it be, i don't want to say it becomes more complicated but it's not as simple of a dosing pattern as an example with an arimidex if someone's hitting you know uh, their their injects three times a week you know to follow that those injects with a dose of arimidex you're going to cover it pretty well with aromasin Sometimes I will have clients who may have lower doses for a couple of days and then it jumps up the day after the, the inject and then it comes back down. So in that sense, sometimes the aromasin dosing is a little bit more, I don't, I hate to say the word complicated, but it's just not as simple and as cut and dried as the cut and dried, not cut and dry. Um, those things matter to me as you know the like an arimidex dose i will say this do you guys have anybody use letrozole no not in a long okay. time i just i always liken this to killing an ant with a grenade I, yes it's just like holy fuck like if you have really bad like you're trying to just make up some ground with gyno or your numbers are just off the charts I'll give it a shot, but goddamn, if it doesn't, it that's some that's some serious. So, so Skip, shit. I'm seeing um, some coaches are putting this in plans, like in addition to a, a regular AI, like a Remedex, Aromasin, like the last four weeks before a show. Now, God, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I, it was popular years ago, and that's what I had done in my own. It's coming back again, is it? Yeah, yeah I had done yeah. that in my own preps, where I would double up basically and just hammer estrogen to zero. And I wonder why. We're, 
I felt so terrible going into the prep. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well here's it's the other thing, though. That. Like, if you, I think when coaches try to throw like something like Letro in at like four weeks out when their client's not in shape, thinking they're like, oh, it's oh, an estrogen thing. Yeah. I think that just slows fat loss down to a down to a halt because you yeah. do need estrogen. You need you need the conversion. You need some to continue to burn body fat. You need some to sleep properly. You need to sleep properly to continue burning fat, burn body fat. I mean, and there's just know, for there's so many ways. What's that? And for sex drive, What's that? During yeah, well, the last four weeks, I don't know that there's much sex going on. But that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. But definitely, you're going to tank the shit out. I, you know, I can see the logic in the sense that the last, you know, two to four weeks, if you're, you know, your joints hurt, your sex drive is in the toilet, and you're trying to minimize estrogen, that part I can get it from, a, I can understand from a logical sense. The estrogen isn't going to be as beneficial for training growth, anabolic activity, that sort of shit. But you make a good point with the body fat. At least if you're going to tank it, tank it those last two to two to three weeks and, and okay, I yeah. guess. Um, but again, the reasons that it comes in is usually what you're saying, Andrew. It's almost like you're, I don't want to say desperation, but it's almost like, well, let's do this because it's, you know, maybe it'll get you a little let's, leaner. They may not say that, but that's what they're thinking. Let's throw the kitchen sink at it and just yeah, see if it works. Yeah, and see, throw it against yeah. the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I could see doing it the last week. I, I could I could see doing it if someone is an estrogenic person, but they are in legit contest shape. I could see doing that over the last week. I would never ever do that at four weeks out. I mean, just just think about estrogen tank, trying to train your joints. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I just think it's a recipe. Well, you know, what you're about the post all the show? Yeah, What's then that? you get the post show. If you've got real strong, then all of a sudden you better have some <laughs> comprehensive plan to slowly back that shit up. I mean, I've seen lectures all five MGTAs, and I'm like you. You just need to, you just need to, you need to get a mortar and pestle and you need to <laughs> wet your time and just fucking barely hit it. And we'll just call that the dose for the day. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ, man, because there is no way you're cutting that bitch four ways. It's not going to happen. And they're not very big. So there's that. Too, no, no. God damn. That's a, that's a, that's a, no. some strong shit. It's I got funny though. I had a, I, I got a guy I don't, I never worked with him, but uh, I think I traded him something for maybe a point, a meal plan. And he gave me like a bottle of farm grade uh, Letro that his doctor had prescribed him for his fertility treatment, which I thought was really weird. Huh. Um, I tried to do a little reading into why they would, you know, was there positive outcomes with doing that? And I couldn't find anything. So I don't know what this doctor was doing, huh. but I've got a bottle of like a hundred of them sitting somewhere, which haven't been touched. Hmm. Yeah. All right. We've got one from Nate Spear here. Uh, he says, um, uh, question uh, for the show thoughts on using T3 on someone's refeed days, assuming they they are someone it's not in their base plan. Okay. So they're not using T3, but adding that in, he says, or is that counterproductive? Have you guys well, done it? Have I you have done it? Cause I mean, Nate's asking, so I'm thinking it might. Yeah. I haven't done so, it. Uh, I, uh, well, are you asking if we've done it with Nate or because yeah. he's never used T3, not not ever. Oh, okay. No kidding. Right. We, we get that kind and of he gets, he gets that kind of condition with very minimal. He gets fucking peels. Well, I'm going to move him over yeah. to the I hate him list. 
Well, he already was there. Yeah. He was already yeah, there. He was already He's been exactly. doing this for like, there. you know, yeah. a, a quarter of the time you have. Skip. I just highlighted <laughs> him. I, I, I'll say that though, <laughs> Nate, Nate's like a really good sponge and he's been able to extrapolate like, you know, we're inundated with so much information. Yeah. He's been really good about taking the positive, the good stuff, and then just discarding all the other stuff. Like if you watch him train, he trains with intent with everything, huh. uh, just very sound, you know, uh, just everything all around. So, but I think it's a good question. Um, so yes, uh, I do think, and skip, maybe this might be something interesting for you to try for the skip load days, but, um, I think you're going to get a little bit of an extra boost in fat loss. So I've, or I should correct. I should, I've only done this during dieting phases and, and not during the off season. I know his question was about the off season. I don't see a reason why not to, I do see, I think it'd be advantageous to try it. Um, and to see the effects of it, because I do think it'll help keep someone a little bit leaner while able to load them up a little bit more, as long as the T3 dose is not super physiological high. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. are we talking like 25 mics to maybe 50, or are we talking like 100, 150 and a thousand grams of carbs or something that day? I think that might be counterproductive, but I do think maybe a 50 here and there. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> I can see how now in discussing it, I mean, I, I guess I can see where there could be a benefit. Then I would think because my brain goes in a million different directions. I wonder what, and there's no way to know this, but I wonder what the actual impact, like if you could analyze numerically what the impact of a large skip load is metabolically. Cause I mean, when you start eating and you start sweating and, and you're just on fire, I wonder what those numbers are versus, say, a 25 microgram one time or one weekly dose. I don't know, but I can tell you this, whether it's it's comparable or it's not comparable, there there could be a benefit there. I don't see how it would get in the way of loading. Like the loading would have to be big enough. Like if you were just loading a meal, maybe it, it's really not going to matter. But if you're loading and it's you know, it's all day. And, but then you're talking about depletion on the other hand, where damn, the large majority of that food is not going to be converted to body fat. But then I wonder too, like, okay, you get into two day, you know, loads and things like that. Cause well, I experiment with some crazy shit. Well, okay. So let's just say a normal load. And I know you don't work in like grams or whatever, probably not, but right. let's say normal load is 500 grams. Right. I, I know yours is more appetite based, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so but let's just say you gave someone a number like 500. I think you could push that to like a thousand. You could double it and add a little bit of T3 and get an even um, exaggerated effect from the skip load is what I'm saying. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'm getting lean right now for the holidays. It's just kind of a TRT. So I'm going to play around with it for November and December because I just happen to have some on. I don't have much on hand. I mean, if anybody's listening, mm -hmm. but I do have a little bit of T3 and T4. So I'll play you, with it you, and I'll see what happens. You, you know what I'm being reminded of now? If you remember on the um, Intense Muscle Forum like 15 years ago, you used to put out like, hey, I'm looking for 10 people that want to be – I think you did like some kind of coaching. Oh, the them, experiments. But yeah, the experiments, the experiments I did. Yes, that I was love that those. Good shit. Oh, my God. I, well, it made me think the other day I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, we should do that. We should bring that back. And I don't know who I was talking to or what we were talking about, but but setting up experiments like this again. Now, mm -hmm. obviously, it, it, it's so hard to like get everyone to like a generic, you know, if you found 10 guys. Oh, you know what it was? It was in relation to me and Phil Viz were talking about 
um, studies, like, you know, the advantages of studies and the disadvantages of studies, because no studies done on a yacked up, you know, 25 year old right. who squats, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, they're, they're done on a, a normal population of people that aren't using advanced PEDs. So I was thinking, man, it'd be great if like Skip could bring back the experiments on guys with PEDs and we could test some of these things out, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah it worked. Really, it, do that. It, well, if you think about it, it really was kind of a very... I mean, it was kind of a study. It's not going to hold up, you know, in, no, in but, being peer reviewed and everything else. But right. you, know, you get 10, 15 guys to do the same, you know, relatively the same thing and then be able to. Because the re how I would come to that is I would try something myself and I'd be like, oh, my God, yeah. I think this works. But I my conscience, obviously, which is funny that I say this because a lot of trainers will still fucking do it. They experiment with their clients. Which I think it's kind of fucked up. Uh, but I then would bring them on for a fraction into this experiment based a fraction of my fees so that and you know who would do it is a lot of people who really couldn't afford the regular fees or didn't want to pay the regular fees. they're like well i could get in on this for a fraction of that and i could try it out and this sounds good and i would always put out what i'm doing so that they could mm -hmm. decide whether they wanted it in and it would then either validate like oh my god this is how many people large majority of these this group had relatively the same response that i did or sometimes on occasion it wouldn't pan out and only a few people would get the results that I got. So then I would, it would help me to shelve ideas that, that I didn't think were, you know, as good, but that's, that's funny cool. that you say that. I don't know if, I mean, I guess it could work now. The reason it worked so well in the message board days was because we were so big on intense muscle and that yeah. was my draw, um, from a team skip standpoint and a, and a prep, you know, building my prep business and my brand. I don't know that. I don't know. Social media is a God, that's interesting. Well, I have to well think you do about have a podcast. In yeah, I do yeah. have a small I, podcast. I do think there's a lot of people that would find benefit in this and yeah. would be very interested in a, in yeah. a program like this. Yeah, yeah. I guarantee For it. One, one variable or the other. As a matter know? of fact, if I you're mean, watching this and you are interested, then comment below. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. Because if there is interest, I mean, it, it, that's a no brainer. I. I would love to do that. And then we could get into, you know, what, like the ideas of what we want to see or what people want to see. Hey, what about this? This would be a good idea. That yeah. sort of thing. So, yeah, I think it's a great yeah, idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm running, uh, I'm running two experiments right now. Number one, I've talked about it on a couple other podcasts. I'm running a, instead of TRT, I'm running TDRT, uh, TDMRT, actually. <laughs> Okay, yeah. spit the acronym out so we understand what, what the you're fuck talking is it? about. Test yeah. Deca Master on uh, Replacement Therapy. Total dosage. Because so, how did you base your replacement dosages for Master on and uh, Deca? <laughs> That's what I'm. Well, yeah, it was a scientific. I, I used some scientific studies, uh, and I, I yeah, sure you did. <laughs> yeah. I used you some scientific way. studies, like how okay. much you know can you fit into the syringe? Yeah. And That's I was like, okay, like, let's, let's do a little bit less than that. Let's the, it holds three. Let's do a little less than that. That's how it's like, I don't want to go crazy. No, seriously though. I, um, I, you know, this, this whole year I have been off since I'd gotten sick, except for I ran trend at 50 milligrams, trend ACE 50 milligrams twice a week with my TRT. And I'll tell you what, I felt better. I was like, damn, I'm feeling good now. Like I'm feeling like, and I know it was like, I got more androgens that we might've talked about this on a previous show, but, um, and then I went to Canada 
And then I didn't want to take Trent with me to Canada, so I ended that. But now I'm like, you know what? I'm going to push this a little further. So I'm on uh, 600 tests and 400. And it's either 400 or 450 DECA. I'd have to check in then 200 mass. To Did scale. COVID so you're wreck your cycle. test levels? I know. That's not TRT. I, I'm on like, TRT. I'm on 900 <laughs> tests. Did it, did it what? Did it? Do you know what your test levels are? Any chance that COVID wrecked your test levels or impacted them or anything like that? I mean, I, 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 I guess I bring it up because I'm... 15 years of competing wrecked my test levels. Yeah, that, well, that, maybe, I guess what I'm saying is if you feel better when you're on, wouldn't it be ironic that you get back on tests and you're like, oh, shit, maybe this played a part. Like, I wasn't feeling very good. Well, I've been on I TRT. I've been on oh, TRT. It wasn't like he was, he wasn't off, off. Yeah. But, you know, this would be okay. actually a good topic for another episode is all the effects we are seeing in relation to post-COVID or post-vaccination. Yeah, yeah I was oh, telling you. you, you like I, the deaths and everything else? Yeah, that would be, wouldn't it? I was telling you, I put that on my... Sugar, yeah, I, I put that in my questionnaire now, and I also ask about the yeah. vaccine because, I mean, those things, they they can play a role for sure. I definitely saw, and like you said, another episode, but I definitely saw, we talked about it on text. I was telling you about yeah. the, yeah, yeah and, then, and then we were looking at the studies too, that, yeah, there was a big yeah. thing with blood sugar that, and mine's Well, I'm also right. seeing heart rate too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Res I could resting, see that. Resting sure. heart rate and all other variables being the same, so, and several people. Um. There's I think there's some stuff come out. I think there's some stuff because I have that my my resting heart rate's higher, but I I could go into some thoughts on why. I was gonna say something else about this that was interesting. I can't remember, but I'm running that Sorry. study. I've got another study, uh, another experiment that I'm doing. Tell me what you guys think of this. So, as we age, our eyebrow hair gets thinner. Did you know that? Eyebrow. Yeah, eyebrows, our eyebrows get thinner. Okay. And so is the hair on your head. Yes. Well, uh, I started using minoxidil and topical finasteride. So the finasteride is hair, by the way. In the, on your eyebrows? What on the my, fuck? On my hair, right? Oh. Okay. So I've been doing He's that for a while. got a whole video while. about it on, yeah. I started an experiment on the eyebrows. Oh, shit. Bad call. Why? Bad. Because every time I'm watching a show, like I love Shit's Creek, one of my favorite shows. Yeah, but if I show. see a side profile of that dad, I fucking cringe because those <laughs> eyebrows are like. Yeah, but that's his thing. Just, that's his, that's his stick. That's, that's his, true. That's his but, you know, it, it, look, when you get older, you'll become aware of like if I have a, if I've realized like I have a fucking nose hair, I want to go home. And get yeah. rid of it, or or if there's an ear hair or my eyebrows, I'm constantly keep that. That is just would you the shave? Number one let me ask you this then: old. Would you shave them off then, if you could? Like, would you? Prefer I wouldn't to shave have... them off, but I trim them all the time. You just want to be normal. Yeah, you can't. That's just a get... sign of aging. Old people don't keep track of their fucking body hair. It's gross, man. But you lose your eyebrows as you age too. You, I don't it, know. I haven't noticed it. As, I haven't, and I'm 51, so I don't know. Coming up on 52. All not, your hair genetics went to the eyebrows. That's what happened, uh, I guess. As, as riveting as the eyebrow hair is, do we have any other questions? <laughs> yeah, that was really about it. That's all I've, that's all I've got. Yeah. Like, People are like, what the fuck are they talking about? It's riveting. Yeah. That's all I got. Uh, I do have a picture of Nate Spears. So this is without... Uh, with I just want to point that out to anybody who's like, man, I'd love to do that, but I don't want to take all that T3. Yeah, no. he can get there. You he go. Can get yeah. he can get I don't you know, know who his prep guy is, but <laughs> he, he, should no he, going, huh? he should go to Hani. He should go to Hani. He's he's uh five weeks out today. 
Is he? From Hell yeah. Uh, that same show. Yeah. So, Hell yeah. And uh, my, he sent me a picture today, and my response was, the grain is coming. Yes. Kind of like, you know, like the, like winter is coming. Like, like literally, <laughs> this is the first picture where it's just like, okay, I can see how it's all going it, to, it's going to come together very soon. Hell yeah. So, I'm really excited. He's, yeah. uh, he's, he's one of the people I'm rooting for the most. I want to see him do good. I want to see. Me too, actually. You too? Oddly yeah. enough, me too. Yeah, you're, Nate, you're a Nate Spear fan? <laughs> Uh, you know, I've followed him for a while now. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, guys, go to check out bodyberry.com. You can reach out to Andrew over there for coaching. You can go to TeamSkip, TeamSkip.com. Let Skip know you that you want to be part of one of his mad experiments. And you can reach out to him for some coaching, too. Uh, you can reach out to me at McNallyDiets at gmail.com. Of course, check out our sponsors, as I mentioned before, uh, TrueNutrition.com. Use our code THINK. We've got... Uh, supplementsource.ca for our Canadian followers. Uh, of course, you can go to amino-asylum. Use our code THINK over there for 20% off. And uh, we appreciate you guys. Appreciate everybody who hung out in the live feed. This is great.